Hey, welcome to the Connect, Grow, Multiply podcast, or should I say welcome back uh, to season two. Uh, listen, if this is your first time tuning in, if you will, go ahead and do us a favor. You can subscribe. You can click the bell. Definitely click the bell. Um, you can d- just wh- however you subscribe. Yeah, just you download the things yep. on there. And here with me today is the one and only... Hickson Frank. Yes. Uh, Hickson serves as our executive pastor here at Green Acres. Mm. And today, uh, to open up season two, we're going to dive into a conversation about uh, discipleship. Mm. And, uh, you know, discipleship is or should be a part of uh, the fabric of the body of Christ because this is the expectation uh, that Jesus really gave us. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Discipleship is tough, though. Uh, because we can be easily uh, kind of get lackadaisical, and um, mm. if we look around and just compare ourselves to one another, yeah, it just can get. I mean, we're going to win usually, but um, what Scripture tells us is we pursue Christ with everything in us, and uh, how to do that yeah. becomes uh, the challenge. You know, I we you know basically um, discipleship is a buzzword mm. a lot of times, like in church. Uh, within the church world, church culture, uh, you hear a lot about discipleship, but I think that uh, it is rare to see discipleship actually taking place. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, you know, one of our one of the things that we say here often uh, is our vision statement, which is transforming lives with the truth of Jesus. Yeah. Um, you know, we we want to live that out because ultimately we do believe that transformation is a part of discipleship; mm-hmm. that it's the outcome and process and purpose of discipleship. Um, but what's interesting of what happens in the church world at large is that so many times we we kind of um, we equate activity with transformation. Right. And we think that, well, as long as we have a lot of activities, then surely discipleship is taking place mm-hmm. or at least transformation to some degree. Um, but, okay, so Hickson, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Please. Um, don't you love that? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally it's, unscripted. It's your f- favorite thing. Thank right? you. So for doing that. how can you, this actually is a hard question. Okay. But I'm going to put you on the spot. Bring how can you make sure um, that the church is not just engaging in activity, mm. but they're actually engaging in discipleship? Like, what would you see? That is, that is hard. <laughs> Thank you. you. Okay. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you for asking that. Yeah. You're welcome. <clears throat> but I'm glad you did. Yeah. So the activity, um, really, if there's not attached to some meaning, for example, uh, we had uh, our prayer and praise night, praise and worship service with prayer. And you can have that because we, we already had one. But when you, you did a good job, I think it's, we set it apart and said, this is why we're doing this. This is the impact that we want it to yeah. have. Yeah. Um, and so activity that's not attached to something deeply spiritual, I think, can become... Um, just another thing. In fact, we can start to protect those things that are just activity, and if they get too spiritual, we can kind of flinch. Yeah, and I think we see that that quite a bit. Yeah. We forget the purpose of why we get together, and it might be the purpose of a worship service, it might be the purpose of a, a connect group. Right? You know, how many times have we forgotten why we gather around Scripture on Sunday morning? That's right. Well, is it for the donuts? Is it for the the announcements or talk about the game? It's not. It's yeah. to dig deep into scripture, and so that—that's what I would say. Um, 
You know, so, so many times, I mean, we have these conversations often as mm-hmm. a staff, you know, to, for us to stay aligned with uh, the Great Commission, because when we talk about discipleship, uh, we talk about it with the authority of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, it was Jesus who said um, that this is what you are to be about, that you are to go and make disciples of all nations, uh, baptizing them in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. Um, so the, those are the the building blocks of what Jesus says. Hey, this is what you are to be about as the church, as disciples. Mm. Um, you know, and I can't help but to think about you know when we're when we're looking at discipleship and how to really understand it, and to make sure that our church is staying engaged, and to make sure we as followers of Jesus are staying engaged in discipleship. Mm. Um, I can't help but go back to uh, was it. What's Lombardi? Uh, Vince Lombardi. Vince Lombardi. Thank you. Golly, that's embarrassing, isn't it? That's right. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> ask the old guy. Thank you. Good. Vince Lombardi. Yeah, listen, Green Bay Packers. Just, listen, it's not the old guy. I just tag teamed you, and then you good. came in. It's teamwork. Me in. Yes, teamwork. teamwork. All right. But what you know at the at the beginning of the season, and Vince Lombardi, and he's about to coach football. Mm-hmm. Where does he begin? He holds up a football and says, "This." Is a football, mm-hmm. all right? So uh, th- in the same way, we kind of have to do that when we're looking at, okay, what does it mean to engage in discipleship? Well, first, um, we need to understand what is a disciple? Right. I mean, what what does that look like? Mm-hmm. You know, wh- how can you describe a disciple? Um, and so how kind of take us there. Yeah, I sure. mean, what, how would you describe a disciple? So I, I, I would and say, you can't I, use your wife's name. I was going to say, say my wife, Margie, if you're at home <laughs> listening, I tell the kids, I said, if... <laughs> In all seriousness, I think one of the things that's so difficult and what so can be so deceptive is that you can line people up and watch their activity, and you almost won't know which one is a true disciple, meaning which one is just going through the motions, oh, wow. and which one is it heartfelt and that they're growing um, in their faith. Uh, I think when we look at it, we want to quantify... Um, uh, if we're if we're making progress, making disciples, and it, right. it can be very tricky. Sometimes that's why why we default towards uh, just counting people, and then we our mantra, you know, every number has a name, every name has a story, every story matters to God. But we really won't know, in my opinion, who really is genuinely growing in their faith. Who at, at the end of the day, when no one's around looking, are they passionately leaning into Jesus? Or did they get through the day having just played the game of a disciple? Yeah, uh, I say it uh, often. You're talking about like in a like if you just scan the crowd if, and worship. If you just yeah, scan the absolutely. crowd, absolutely. Who really knows? Right. And so, so I don't want to be cynical about it, but I think the 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 disciple, the one who's pursuing Jesus, knows. Yeah, absolutely. And then Jesus knows, uh, and, and then the rest of us are, uh, uh, you know, trying to be that ourselves. Um, so as as I look, it's obviously it's somebody who. Uh, rightly handles the word of God. This is what we teach. Yeah. Uh, when we teach, uh, at least college students, we're talking to them. And if I was discipling a college student, what I would look for is somebody who can handle God's word appropriately, rightly right. divide the word of truth. Not everything, not perfect, but they're growing in a meaningful way to engage in scripture. Yeah. There's somebody who can pray, who understands uh, the whole dynamic there, but then also someone uh, who can share their faith. They understand what happened to them. Yeah, and so if somebody can do those things, they can grow in their own faith. At least they're on their way to knowing how to be a disciple yeah. and to lead others to do the same thing. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's absolutely correct. And 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 it goes back to uh, because we do want to quantify whether or not mm-hmm. we 
are making disciples. Like we want to know because most of the time, okay, if you're human, you're kind of controlling. You want to know, mm-hmm. um, okay, am I making an impact? Are we making an impact as a church? Mm-hmm. And so then we begin to uh, count what is taking place in the activity and not really inspecting what is taking place with transformation. Um, and ultimately, exactly like what you said, Hickson, is uh, a disciple uh, is going to be somebody who follows Christ mm-hmm. and the commands he gave. All right, so how do you do that? By rightly handling the word of truth, mm-hmm. uh, by pressing into him. You do that through prayer. You do that through those spiritual disciplines. And, the, and then ultimately, there there is going to be um, lasting fruit. So the reason why we can't scan across the crowd and say, you know what? Yep, that's a follower of Jesus. Right. That's not. That is. That's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you do that every Sunday morning with some of our folks. Okay, but not really. Okay. Um, not every Sunday morning. Not, not every. Um, but the truth is, um, what the Bible teaches us is that there will be a lasting mm-hmm. fruit until the end of day, That right. meaning that it will only be seen by the fruit until you die, yeah. as morbid as that is. But um, right. will you continue... Uh, fighting the good fight, as Paul describes. That's right. Are you going to continue on this course? And so that's what a disciple is. A disciple is somebody who pursues Jesus and the commands he gave. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus, you know, when he was being kind of backed into a corner by the Pharisees, and they're like, hey, hey, Jesus, okay, so what is the greatest command? Like, if you had to choose, uh, what is the greatest command? And what does he say? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, mm-hmm. and love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Um, but he even, he even told the disciples, though, he even said, um, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. Yeah. And so there's this love that you're going to see in a disciple. Uh, you're going to see the way that they follow. Um, you're going to see that um, that they are going to engage mm-hmm. in making disciples themselves. Mm-hmm. And see, that's where we get into discipleship, right? The process, the act of making disciples is that first and foremost, you have to be a disciple. Mm-hmm. You have to know what a disciple is. Mm-hmm. And then you can pour into someone else to help them come along that's right. in understanding um how to follow Jesus yeah. themselves. That's so true. My, my wife and I, when we'll, we'll teach, when she teaches, and I just follow, of course. But when we're, when we're talking to parents, and the question comes up, how do we disciple our kids? Oh, and man. you said it best. And it's, it's, you know, you just keep swinging in a lot of ways. But we raise our kids, ideally, we raise them like God's raising us. And that requires a pretty intimate relationship with the Father. To know, you know, when you have a, a teenager or a, a young, uh, a young one, and if you think if you have a bad um, perspective of who God is, and so your discipleship has all been about performance, well, you're probably going to lay a lot of performance expectations on your kids. Mm. Or if God's waiting to uh, slap your hand for doing something wrong, you'll probably be a little bit authoritarian with your kids. Um, and so we almost can't escape it if we think God's very uh, permissive, yeah, you know, um, and just winks at our sin. We'll probably just wink at our our kids' sin as well. And so, um, the authenticity and the closeness of a relationship mm. with Jesus, which really only comes about by by discipleship and by yeah. le- letting God uh, fully uh, uh, lead lead you, 
That's um, right. I, I just think, I just think the complexities of it, it really just boils down to, like you said, it just love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so when you do that, um, it just it cuts through a lot of the cloudiness of process of discipleship. Absolutely. So if you're thinking, all right, I'm going to, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a disciple who makes disciples. I want to engage in the discipleship process. I want to do exactly what Jesus told me to do. You know, I love going to Matthew chapter four, verse 19. And he says, Mm. um, he tells as he's calling the disciples, he says, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Mm -hmm. You know, so Jesus really lays it out pretty clearly. You know, we say all the time, uh, ministry is not rocket science. Mm-hmm. Uh, discipleship is not rocket science. Mm-hmm. Now, um, simplicity is only good if it comes on the other side of complexity. Right. right. So it doesn't mean that we shouldn't study it. We shouldn't know the intricacies of our expectations through Christ and through His Word or anything right. like that. So it's so we go through the complexity so that we, we may arrive at simplicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but discipleship is... Fairly simple, exactly what you're saying, even in your relationship with your kids, that it takes uh, intimacy, it takes knowing um, each other, it takes knowing Christ uh, in that way. Um, but he says um, three unique things um, that that really you see come up in um, the Great Commission mm-hmm. at, right before Jesus' ascension when he gives them uh, that command. Um you see like these three things. You see that Jesus called them, mm-hmm. okay? So follow Jesus, okay? And then he says um, that I will make you become. Um, and so that means that he will grow you mm-hmm. in his likeness. Uh, but then he says fishers of men. And this is the the commitment to his mission. This mm-hmm. is the uh, commitment to what we say over and over again to multiplication, and so we see this, all right? This, there's a reason why this is called the Connect, Grow, Multiply podcast, because uh, we think that this is the entire reason that God put us here on earth. Right. The, the reason why that He has given us life, not only uh, here on this side of eternity, but that He has given us eternal life through His Son, Jesus. Mm. And while we are here, um, that we are to connect people to Jesus. We're to help them grow and the likeness of Jesus, and we are to help them multiply mm-hmm. for the purpose of Jesus, mm-hmm. His mission. And so this is what you see over and over again through the New Testament. Um, in fact, there you see it through the Old Testament as well, and the way that God has designed His people for multiplication mm-hmm. so that the nations may know who God is, that He is the one and only true King, true God. Um, all the other gods are going to fail. Um, and that now is being carried through the church age. And so when we look at these um, relationships, we want to do the same that Jesus did because uh, Jesus uh, took these new followers, attached them to himself uh, to be with him, uh, to do ministry with him, and then they went out and did ministry on their own. So, um, you know, how can you know whether or not you're making a disciple? Mm. Well, are they making disciples? They're making disciples. <laughs> so uh, it's kind of catch twenty two there, yeah. but I mean, it is a good indication. Let me let me ask this. This may be a no, hard no, no, question. No, no, no. no, yeah. no, no. I no, no. ask the questions to you. <laughs> <laughs> so we we talk about the one of the things that, and, and I've, I've been at Green Acres a year, and it's been a great year. 
But one of the things that really stands out is that it really is uh, kind of a church for every, I say every man, every person, um, no matter what walk of life, and no matter how, if, you, if you've been in church for 30 years or if you're just getting here, yeah, there really is a place for you. But we say that connect groups, yeah, that's the primary means of discipleship here. Right. Why do we say that? I mean, what makes them that way? If they operated perfectly, why would we say... Connect groups is our primary. Is that rhetorical or? Um, I thought I'd give you a T, set it okay. on a T for yeah. you and okay, just sorry. let you smack it. Well, out I just there. missed it. So, um, connect groups are designed um, to really uh, facilitate those relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, connect group. If you if if the only thing you do is participate in an activity, then you will never see transformation mm-hmm. in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you take what really is prompting us. Um, in these ministries, such as our Connect Group ministry, which is um, our small group ministry here at Green Acres, um, they exist to connect people to Jesus and His church. Mm-hmm. You know, so w- when Jesus says, "Come and follow me," we we are to do the same thing with other people who don't know Christ or mm-hmm. who are far from Christ. We we call them out to follow Christ, and but when we do that, um, we know that. God did not call us to follow Him in isolation. Mm-hmm. I mean, sin will always um, exist best when you're isolated from God's people. That's right. Always. Um, you, you don't hear the voice of the Lord apart mm-hmm. from God's people as great, um, mm-hmm. apart from His Word, obviously. Um, but when you get around other brothers and sisters in Christ who are trying to strengthen you and sharpen you in Christ, mm-hmm. then those sins are going to be found out even more and more and more. And you're going to see that in you. Mm-hmm. But not only that, but also in the way that you have to live sacrificially to be in community, mm-hmm. it causes you to see your own selfishness. It's the same thing with a marriage, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. the same thing with your mm-hmm. kids, as you were just describing, that um, when you exist in a marriage relationship, it's going to show you mm. where you're failing most. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just highlights, it magnifies um, those things in your life. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. in our Connect Group ministry, what happens is um, that there is a role and there is a spot for every person in God's church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Paul says it best in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 when he is describing the church as the body. And he's using this analogy, and he says, listen, the eye cannot say to the ear, I don't need you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ear cannot say to the nose or the mouth or, or to the tongue or to the head or to the legs or to the feet or hands. There's no part of your body that another part can say, hey, there is absolutely no need for you, right. except for, I guess, the appendix. We can take that out. I think we can But anyways, that um, that's, every analogy breaks down at some it point. Does, it, okay, yeah. even Paul's, I guess. <laughs> um, but the point is, is that every member matters. Right. Every person matters in the kingdom of God. And, and if you want to limp along as a follower of Jesus, then don't be a part of community. That's right. Don't be a part of God's people mm-hmm. because it's as if the leg would decide to say, you know, I think I can just do things on my own mm-hmm. and exist. Well, well the leg's going to lay there dormant. Right. There's no way it can have life because life is in the entire body um, that is put together um, by the way and arranged by God himself mm. according to the gifts that he gave you. So not according to the gifts that someone else has or not any gifts that you're trying to muster up on your own. It's the gifts that cannot be manufactured 
um, that God himself gives you and then arranges you in the body according to the gifts that he has given you. So what that means here in our Connect Group ministry is that we have um, so many different options for the way that you can serve inside and outside the church within your own gifting that God himself has given you so that the body may run in unison together for the mission of Christ. Mm -hmm. That's why our Connect Group ministry is so important, just as an overview, um, because uh, there's so much there. Because um, uh, let's take um, the leader of the groups, the the one who teaches weekly. Um, That teacher, um, what, what we talk about here is that every single leader should have an apprentice. Mm-hmm. They should have someone that is coming alongside them that they are intentionally, de- ha- they have this discipleship relationship with so that they can train them up in the same way that Jesus trained up his disciples um, so that multiplication can continue. Because what's, what's going to happen is, that, is the people that are watching and participating in leadership but not leading yet, um, God's going to develop them in such a way that they can be sent out mm-hmm. uh, to start in their own group, uh, to start their own work, whatever God's calling them to do. Um, this is the idea of multiplication, um, and it's the same thing that we see over and over again from Jesus himself. Yeah. So the Connect Group ministry is um, the lifeblood of the church yeah. for how we serve, mm-hmm. for how we go on mission, mm-hmm. um, for how we reach people. Yeah. Everything is done there. That's good. My wife uses a term. She said, uh, our connect groups, they connect the dots, meaning, okay, great. I know I'm supposed to love Jesus, Yeah. but I'm uh, uh, hypothetically, I'm a, I'm a divorced guy who's reeling from a failed marriage. How am I yeah. supposed to love Jesus? Yeah. Connect group yeah. puts the dots together. Yeah. Uh, young mom, whatever, it doesn't matter. But it, it takes things that, and the, theology can be pretty heady stuff. But it takes it and just drills it down. Okay, 2022, Tyler, Texas. What do these verses look like? How how am I to live? And that's that's one of the privileges I get on Sunday mornings. I get to be in a lot of groups and keep right and just and just look in. Yeah. And the level of I like it, the level of intimacy in the appropriate sense of the term and the, the level of uh, just real talk. Right. That to me is the secret sauce. Absolutely, it really is, and that's the iron sharpening iron exactly. of helping us grow in the likeness of Christ. Yeah, yeah, because this is what Jesus said. All right, um, three participles, right? Participles. Participles. Love that word. Okay, not a popsicle. All right, um, though those are delicious. I have taught this before, and Rowan, our four-year-old did ask me about the popsicles later. And I was like, I, I don't know what you're saying right now. But um, anyway, so so there are, so go. All right, so I, I think one of the greatest translations of this is, um, would be as you are going. Yeah, yeah. As you are going, make disciples. Mm. Um, baptizing them, all right, and then teaching them to obey. So as you are going... What are, what are we to be about? Baptizing and then teaching. All right. So um, this really gives us the framework for what we should be about individually mm-hmm. and then what we should be about as a church, as a connect group, as your small group, wherever you are, whatever context you're in, um, this is the blueprint um, that Jesus gave us. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and, and here's the incredible part, because you think about Jesus says, um, 
the nations. He says that there, there will be no corner of the world that will be untouched by my hand. Mm-hmm. There will be no corner of the world that is not going to be reached for the gospel. All right. That's incredible in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, is that when, I mean, you'd have to think that when he left this with the apostles at that time, um, they must have been thinking, okay, wait, are you, you talking about just here in Jerusalem? Right. You're talking about Judea? You're talking about Samaria? What are you talking about here? I mean, and Jesus even says once again in Acts 1 8, he says, no, 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 uh, to the ends of the earth, okay? Uh, every nation, every tribe, every tongue, to the ends of the earth. Um, this is a daunting task. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is something that uh, we cannot take lightly mm-hmm. as God's people. And what we have to remember is that Jesus sandwiched the Great Commission, you know, the nuts and bolts of what we are to do. He he sandwiched this in between two really cool things. Uh, Because on the front end, he says, all authority under Mm -hmm. heaven and earth has been given unto me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Okay. Uh, what's incredible is that in that, because he says, therefore, he says, all authority has been given to me. So because of this authority, you are walking with this authority. I am giving you my authority to go and make disciples. And then at, at the very end, he bookends with, and I will be with you until the end of the age. Like, so don't worry. Listen, you have all of my authority, and go and do this, all right? This is what you're to be about. And listen, don't worry. I'm going to be with you until the end of the age. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there will never be a moment that you are apart from me, that I am apart from you. You know, so we walk in this great commission with God's power and God's presence, keeping us in line mm-hmm. with his commission that he has given us. Mm-hmm. And so when we think about, okay, well, there's no way that we can do this. Well, we just have to go back to that truth. Nope. You know what? God has given us his power and he's given us his presence. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that Jesus said will never fail here on this, on, on earth is his church. Mm -hmm. He says, listen, even the gates of hell cannot prevail against Mm -hmm. my church. And so as long as we are committed to functioning as his church, to make disciples, then nothing else can take it away. There's no worship war. There's no, Song, mm-hmm. there's no uh, preacher, there's no minister, there's no uh, bad deacon, there's no great deacon, mm-hmm. there's nothing, all right? There's nothing that can prevent God's church from moving forward. Mm-hmm. And that should give us great hope and great peace Absolutely. as Absolutely. we continue. Yeah. So with, uh, you won't find in me someone who... I, I get to watch people disciple others all the time, and, and I, I see great work, God doing great work. I really do. Uh, you see it too. Uh, so I don't think that the church has fallen apart, uh, church uh, in general, not right. just Green Acres. I, I really do believe the church is marching. We don't hear those because we hear about this pastor falling and, and yeah. whatever. We hear about all kinds of things. What we don't sometimes hear is those lives that are changed. I'm yeah. talking to a pastor the other day. They baptized 153 people on a Sunday night. Yeah. You know, and number one, I was excited for him. Number two, I was jealous. I thought I got to find out how they did that. <laughs> but that, you know, the spirit of God's moving. The spirit yeah. of God's moving. Yeah. Um, but I do think there is maybe a. Uh, we're so familiar, perhaps, with the gospel, and we're so familiar with what we ought to do, and we've heard, 
because we've sat and we've listened, why do you think uh, maybe uh, that we don't take discipleship maybe as seriously uh, as we could? Any any thoughts on that? You know, I I, I have a lot of thoughts on it. <laughs> Most of them are wrong. Okay, I, I doubt it. But I but, but genuinely, it, you know. There's this assumption that somebody's doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the most hurtful things that we can do as a believer mm. is to not take responsibility yeah. for the faith that God has given us mm-hmm. and the mission that He has placed us on. Because if we truly believe, okay, every person matters, every member matters of God's body, okay, mm-hmm. um, then what that means is that we all have a part to take responsibility for the mission of God to move forward. And and here's what is incredible about God's grace is that he doesn't need any one of us to make Mm -hmm. his mission move forward. He doesn't need the church uh, to move his mission forward, but it is out of his grace. It is an abundance of his mercy that he would ever look at you, that he would ever look at me and say, you know what? I'm going to allow you to be a part of my greater plan for the globe. Yeah. I'm going to allow you to be a part of making an impact, to have fulfillment, to have purpose, and to have um, a share with yeah. this. Um, mm. That's where we kind of, I think that we kind of maybe get off um, the road a little bit, yeah. is that we assume either someone else or let the professionals right. handle it. I think that's true. And listen, there there can be nothing more destructive to the church than to have a clergy and laity divide, thinking mm-hmm. that clergy should handle it all and laity, you just go along and then, uh, you know, as soon as you pass go, you collect your card and you mm-hmm. go to heaven. Um, that's just not how God designed us. That's good. Any of us. That's uh, good. We don't have a different, okay, I'm a, I'm a pastor. I don't have a different spirit than anyone else in the church. And, and in fact, what you read through revivals oftentimes with these awakenings and things like that, it was just through common men. Oh, and by the way, Jesus called common, untrained sure men uh, who changed the world forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, we have to take responsibility, yeah. and we have to understand this is God's calling for our life, mm-hmm. and that this is what we're going to commit to. So years ago, uh, I stumbled on and inadvertently prayed a prayer, and insofar as I've been faithful to pray this, God's really used it. Uh, and that is, I was, I was reading in the book of Revelation, which I try not to too often, scares me a little. Yeah. But I read, and uh, it says this in, I uh, actually wrote it down in preparation for this in Revelation 2. And, and here's what it says, Revelation 2, 4. Yet I hold this against you, you forsaken the love you had at first. It says this, consider how far you fall and repent and do the things you did mm. uh, when you first believed. Wow. And I realized that after years of being in ministry that I'd forgotten what it's like to not know Jesus. Mm. I'd forgotten that sense of hopelessness and purposelessness. Yeah. And I prayed and asked God, please remind me what it's like to be lost Mm. and without hope. And insofar as I've been faithful to do that, it really has has energized my evangelistic spirit. It has energized my desire to watch not just my own kids and my family, but others grow, and it's just stoked this discipleship fire in me, insofar as I've been faithful to do that. And man, it, I think that maybe for me, the way I'm wired, the key is God help me remember what it's like to be without hope. Amen. And that that's just been, I would encourage anybody, uh, that's a dangerous prayer. That's a dangerous prayer. Yeah. All right. Well, Hickson, we're going to end it right here. 
thank you for being on thank you. Uh, with me. Of course. Uh, the, you're not the old guy. You're just the wise guy. Just All the right? wise guy. So thank you for Let being here. Hey, make sure you uh, subscribe. Uh, we will be back next week, and we can't wait to continue this conversation because now we're going to dive into some of these things of what does it mean that as we are going, how to baptize, how to teach, what are we to, supposed to do, and what did Jesus do specifically uh, with his disciples that we should be doing today? All right, we'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode and joining in on our conversation. If you liked what you heard or you want to know more about Green Acres, go check out our website at gabc.org or follow us on Instagram at gabc underscore Tyler. Have a great day.